What up? What up? What up, everyone? Welcome to episode 24 of Combo's Court, and I am Combo. Go grab yourself a combo shake. Tell them Combo sent you. And of course, don't forget to stay hydrated with Body Armor. Today's show, NBA shooting coach Dave Love joins in. Great conversation. Think you will enjoy. Go follow Dave on IG at Coach Dave Love. That's C-O-A-C-H-D-A-V-E-L-O-V-E. Follow me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Rate, review, subscribe, write on your Apple Podcast app. Let's get into it. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Where did you fall in love with shooting? I'd like for you to share your story on how you got involved with basketball. Sure. Um, I was a very average uh, player in high school, but I've always been kind of uh, reasonably good at anything involving hand-eye coordination and muscle memory. So it would it would take me a little while to figure things out, but once I, I got it, I, I had it pretty well. So something like shooting, I, I gravitated... Uh, to uh, fairly quickly I started playing about 12 years old uh, because like any good Canadian I spent a few years playing uh, playing hockey and then once they started body checking I wanted no business uh, uh, I don't blame you yeah I wanted nothing to do with that and uh, and it was really a combination of uh, being introduced to Larry Bird and uh, and being decent at, at shooting myself and then there was a minor league team here in my hometown of Calgary Alberta uh, where we had a, a, a team called the Calgary 88s and uh, falling in love sort of with one of the uh, the players and, and his ability to shoot the basketball and then sort of developing a relationship with that, uh, that player that uh, still is a friendship to this day. And uh, both of us working in the NBA as shooting coaches. Got you. So you're an NBA shooting coach. Can you tell us some of the teams or players that you've worked with? I've uh, I've worked for the uh, the Phoenix Suns in 2009-10, then worked for the Cavaliers in 2013-14, and just finished up four years with the Orlando Magic. And uh, I think you can find the players I've worked with uh, fairly easily online, but I, I try and avoid talking about my specific players just because I never want to imply credit for the work that uh, that they've done, ultimately, I've been a passenger uh, in their uh, in their development, and they've been the driver. So, uh, for me to sort of listen, I feel like I'm kind of taking credit for their uh, accomplishments, but really, they deserve all the credit. So, I kind of that's kind of why I avoid doing that. They're making the shots, of course. I, I don't blame you for that one. <laughs> yeah, they they do, uh, they do all the work. They uh, like I I give I give uh, advice but they can choose not to take the advice and uh and and who knows maybe I've I've spent a bunch of time with the player but maybe uh there was another coach who just gave some advice just in passing that really resonated and maybe that person deserves a lot of the credit so I I want to take it away from other people because it's ultimately a village that helps these uh, these guys I understand totally um I feel because of social media the basketball world has gotten smaller you know for example when I first went overseas 
the European game and the American game are so different. Right. And now it's a little now it's a little bit closer together. Everything's blended. But is there a difference between the Canada game and the USA game in 2018? Hmm. The game uh, I, I certainly don't want to pretend I'm an expert on uh, on Canadian basketball. Uh, I probably gotcha. know more about the NBA than uh, than I do about uh, because Canada is such a big country. At the uh, the same time, what what's happening out east when I live out west? Uh, I don't want to pretend that I know that uh, as as an expert, but uh, I don't think there's a difference in the game necessarily, especially in the Toronto area, which is where most of the elite Canadian players are coming out of Toronto is basically now an Americanized city as far as basketball is, is concerned. And, uh, and so the players that you get are the same kinds of players that you would get in a, uh, in a Houston or a Chicago or Los Angeles. And uh, uh, there might just be, if there's going to be a, a, a general sweeping difference, it might be, and I don't want to want to even say this is true, but there, there just might be a, a bit of a cultural difference where the personality of Canadians might be slightly different than, uh, um, than an, um, the typical American player. And that's a, a, a vast general generalization, but, uh, and I think there are good uh, parts of that and they're bad on both sides. So all the styles are really getting similar now, as I said before, because of social media, like when I was first overseas, the lane was, was wider you know, the, the three-point right. line was a little shorter. They dragged it out. Everything's changing. Everything's getting closer together. It's almost one universal sport now. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and it's it's nice. you look at uh, like Manu Ginobili having just retired. You look back at early in his career, he was so uh, he was so unique. And uh, and now there are things that that he did that are now considered fundamentals. Uh, and and we've all sort of stolen from each other and adopted uh, different styles and uh, uh, techniques that uh, as coaches and as players that uh, yet yeah, you're right. It's, it's really one really big, small, small planet now. At the pro level, what are some of the more common mistakes you see in shooting at the NBA level? I, I don't think there's anything different than what, like if you walked into one of my clinics for 12 year olds and we have 48 kids in the, uh, the gym, you're going to see all kinds of different habits uh, ranging from good to bad, from balance to, uh, to follow through to non shooting hand. Then, and so if you compare that scope uh, to NBA players, you get 48 NBA players in the gym, you're probably going to see the same good habits, bad habits. Um, and, uh, everything's going to be very, very similar. Now, it might not be quite as profound, like the bad balance might not be quite as big as an uneducated 12-year-old, uh, but but you're not going to see that much difference at the uh, the same time. It's just players have, have mastered their shot or found uh, with a lot more experience uh, a level of competency that might be higher than the, uh, the, than the kids. Uh- Mike Dunn, he often talks about shooters are made, not born. Do you agree with that? I think there's a little bit of both. I, I definitely agree with the uh, the sentiment that I think Mike is trying to, to pass along, that anybody can improve. I think that's really what he's, he's trying to say. Now, if, uh, you'll be potentially born with a little bit of a head start. Uh, like, shoot, more- like, shooting, like shooting touch, would you say? 
is somewhat yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, there, there are certain people that just get that kind of stuff faster than other people. And if, uh, and if you can have like a great ear for music or have good rhythm and be a good dancer, like why can't you sort of be born as a, uh, a slightly better shooter? But going back again, I, I think what Mike is trying to say is just because you're a weaker shooter now doesn't mean you can't improve. And, uh, and I wholeheartedly agree with that. Uh, I've had, I've, had a player that uh that left college known and into the nba as, known as a terrible shooter um and uh and then three years later led the nba in three points uh shooting for the first couple of months of the season and uh and so that that is possible now he worked his tail off to do that but uh there's nothing stopping people from also working their tails off Right. No one should believe that just because they're not a great shooter right now that they can't become one. But some people are born with a little bit better of a touch than others. Yeah. Yeah. Can you oh, develop it? Yeah, I think you, you can. Is it going to be easy? No, probably not. So, yeah, I agree with you. Um, you, you work with high level players, NBA players, have, as we discussed. We talk about play uh, changing certain players forms. You know, <laughs> some players have funky forms and it's not working for them. But Changing the form is a tricky situation because it, it's good in practice when you could form shoot, when you get spot-up shots up. But once you start going game speed, a lot of players will revert back. What are your okay. thoughts on this? I think that's the mistake of the coach at that point. Okay. And, uh, and I think there aren't two different stages. There isn't form shooting and then game speed. Right. Uh, although we, we talk about those two 98% of the time. I think there's just this, and I, I talk about stepping stones a lot with players. Like, I'll, I'll have you execute a new habit when we form shoot. And then my job as a coach is to slowly ramp up your skill level uh, so that you're now able to execute this habit in a game situation. And I don't ask you to jump across the river from form shooting to gain speed and make it there dry, I, I lay stepping stones for you and say, okay, you're capable of doing this now form shooting. Let's take, let's make the situation slightly more complex and execute this habit. Well, in this slightly more complex. And it, when I say slightly, it may, we may go from stationary form shooting to hopping one step into stationary form shooting. Right. And, like that, that small of the step. And then the next step might be uh, the same hop, but with a turn. So I, I turn 90 degrees away from the hoop and I hop back to face the hoop and then form shoot. And that then makes sense. moving out the form shooting. And now I add a dribble or I add a catch. And then I add two step or one step instead of a hop or two steps and, and just slowly adding layers, a change of direction or a, uh, uh, a dribble move into the situation. And then a read, like, can you read the defender while, while still executing these habits? And we need to lay those stepping stones from players rather than expecting them to just make the quantum leap. That makes sense. Step-by-step -step process. Yeah. Yeah. And, he, and you can you can try and skip steps, but if a player is not capable of it, then then that's the work that you need to be doing. That's what you, the skill that you need to practice. You've been uh, 
you've been coaching a long time. Do you feel like the shooters are better now or when you first started teaching shooting? I think the shooters are about the same. I think the defense has gotten a lot better. Really? Because uh, of athleticism and... Yeah, like, do you, do you ever watch, the, like, these hardwood classic games on uh, on uh, NBA TV and we'll see games from the the 80s or maybe even earlier? And, like, I loved that. I grew up with that generation, but I now look at the, the, the defenses and think, and they're almost having, like, a sandwich and a beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're almost right. spectating it at times. And then, uh, and then you compare it to... Uh, and I'm sure playoff basketball was much different uh, even in that era, but you compare it to playoff basketball now, uh, the athleticism, the, uh, the, and I mostly just the effort expended on, uh, on defense uh, is so much higher now. So uh, I think the fact that people are just as good as shooters is, is almost more impressive uh, because the difficulty of the shots that somebody like a Steph Curry has to, to shoot is is unbelievable and uh i think there were always the people that could make a as uh, a spot up catch and shoot at a high rate but uh, uh the ability to make a higher degree of difficulty process has dramatically improved i think on the other th- on the other side of the spectrum ways to beat the defense has gotten better because of training and we have so many more moves in the paint and step backs and hesitations. So I think it goes both ways, but you're right. The defense Absolutely. definitely got better. And and the offense starts so much further out. So we're shooting with more range now. The game is so spaced right. out now. Right. Before we get out of here, I just wanted to um, know your opinion. Who is the greatest shooter that ever lived? <laughs> oh... My gut check. I wanted. I want to say Larry Bird. I don't honestly believe that he was just my favorite. Um, oh man, who's? I I don't think that we can really. Well, argue. you could say that you you could say Larry Bird was the best shooter as a top five player ever. You know, out of the uh, great, out of the greatest of the greats, he was the best shooter. I I I want to agree with you so badly, just because like. 14-year-old Dave Love with every single Larry Bird poster on my wall wants to say <laughs> yes. But, but now, like, I look at Steph Curry and I think on it, like, his consistency, the consistency with which he he is great is so impressive. And the degree of difficulty that he shoots under uh, is is off the charts. He makes, he's forced, it's not that he chooses to take uh, the difficult shots. He's forced to take difficult shots. Um, and fortunately, he just makes them at a higher rate than other people make easier shots. Uh, and right. then he, he seems to to never go into profound shooting slumps. And I know that's, that's not exactly true, but that's just... His, his slumps don't last long. And and I I don't see many games from Steph Curry where he goes two for eleven from three. Um, that is which, amazing. I never thought about that. You're right. He doesn't which, given the degree <laughs> of difficulty of the shots that he shoots, is is astounding. Uh, and as much as I love Larry Bird, I can remember a ton of uh, seven for twenty four shooting games, and uh, and he always seemed to make the ones that mattered. 
but uh, Steph is just, he's, uh, I think, I think we need to do some testing on him to see if he's actually a human being. <laughs> I agree with you, Steph. I think is the better shooter as well. Player, I'll go with Larry Bird, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And just somebody that I related to. I loved his ability to make teammates better. I loved his competitive fire. I loved the way he, he showed his competitive fire and the creativity within his passing. Uh, those are all things that, that I just related to and loved as a, uh, as a kid. And I can see how kids nowadays love the flashy, the, the creativity of Steph's ball handling. And uh, I'm not trying to take anything away from him at all but uh um yeah i just related to larry i just thought he was he was a wizard it's so hard to compare errors because who knows if larry bird was in this era how many three-pointers he'd be practicing right you know, because like the we just shoot so many more threes now so who knows what right. kind of three-point shooter larry bird would be in 2018 you know and then I, I always get back to, like, why does it matter? Uh, like, when people want to compare who's better, Jordan or LeBron, why does it matter? Can't we just appreciate them both for being great? And, uh, and I'll right. even get questions like, who would you rather have, LeBron or Steph Curry? And my answer is yes. Like, I'll take, I'll take you, you pick first and I'll take the other one happily. Uh, it doesn't, <laughs> they're, they're both so talented and so great that, uh, um, I think we overanalyze stuff like that and we just need to accept that uh, I might like somebody better. Well, that's about me and somebody else can like someone else uh, more. They're all outrageously talented and, uh, and still trying to get better themselves too. So you can't go wrong with Larry Bird, LeBron, Steph, or any of those guys. You really Exactly. There it is. Episode 24. Hope you enjoyed it. Big shouts to coach Dave for coming on the show. It would mean the world to me if you left a five-star rating and a friendly comment right on your Apple Podcast app. Be on the lookout for episode 25. Combo out.